Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. Coming up on today's BFC Live, we have Matt Maurer and Vlad Mihescu talking all things cannabis beverages from our partners at Torque and Mains, as well prepping for an event on March 24th, all about cannabis beverages. Vlad and Matt, thanks for being here. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for um, having us. Well, I, I'm excited to have you because um, I like cannabis beverages. Let me just get on the record and say that. Um, and I know there are people in the industry that think it's never going to be a big thing, but it actually coincides well with what you guys just wrote for us called Cannabis Beverages, Still the Next Big Thing or Not So Much. I want to go to Vlad first. Um, wh- when you think about sort of beverages in the sector, what are the, like, we can talk about the market opportunity, but what is sort of holding it back in your perspective in terms of sort of reaching its full potential or having the opportunity to? Yeah, so I think it's really two things. Uh, the first being the capital intensive nature of it, right? So, um, you know, it, it's one thing to be growing um, cannabis generally, and, and it's another to be processing it into these different formats. Um, so bottling and, and uh, specifically the knowledge that it takes to make the formulations, there's a lot of capital, both from a financial perspective and from an expertise perspective. Um, so not only that, but I think also uh, in, in general, the overall uh, industry faces challenges with advertising and promotion. As we all know, it's very restrictive and that makes it particularly challenging to let the population know that there's this alternative out there. Um, Another drink that can be, you know, for recreational purposes, medicinal purposes, Um, but it's it's really a format that I think can uh, please a lot of people. Um, uh, Unfortunately, not too many know that it's out there and exists now because it's not a format that we had in the illicit market before. Yeah, those are good points. And Matt, I wanna go to you because we talked before sort of about retail, right? And what cannabis retailers are faced with. And it's been basically as soon as beverages hit the shelves, the shelves became inaccessible for much of the country because of COVID, right? And so we haven't had like a steady state of like cannabis beverages on shelves or in coolers and stores and people in stores at full run yet. And, and I wanna ask you sort of, is that what you, th- like is the opportunity to buy these just hasn't been there, not only because of the marketing and the challenge in getting to market, but actually because it is really something people will likely buy in store versus online the first time. And actually giving them the opportunity to do that is just has not been available. Is that the way you're seeing it and sort of talking to clients about it, whether they be retail folks or beverage companies? It's certainly part of it. Um, you know, to Vlad's point, I, I had someone not in the industry, just someone I know, and I just mentioned something about beverages in passing. They said, you can get cannabis beverages, like completely oblivious to the fact that, that these things even existed. And, you know, I, we can hypothesize and we'll talk in the very near future about where, where these beverages fit in the market and where they're going to be sold and where they're going to get the most traction. But if you look at sort of the most logical places, whether it's 
someone in a store, seeing them there and knowing that they're there um, and making that purchase. But then in all these other places where, whether it's the pandemic or the, or the regulations that don't allow it. So you can't pick it up in a, in a bar. Uh, you can't go into a bar, uh, a restaurant, um, you know, at a hotel, at a concert, all these sporting events, you know, you name it. Um, and then you've got the, you know, the added notion that if you're looking to buy them for entertaining, if you're going to have a, 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 a gathering, I don't want to call, I don't use the word party in a pandemic, uh, when you're counting your fives or tens or twenties or fifties or whatever, whatever it is where you live and depending on the week, um, you can't, you can't really go and stock up in a meaningful way to, to have an adequate supply for 10 or 15 people because the, the regulations just impede that at the moment. So when you look at all these things together, it's, it, it's certainly one of the reasons I think that it's taking a little bit longer to get off the ground because there's not the, 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 the most logical situations in which people would pick these up and, and it would gain traction just aren't available for a number of different reasons at the moment. Yeah, it's um, it's like at some point will all the stars align about how people purchase the regulatory components, sort of normalization of shopping, I guess. I mean, all those things sort of coming online. But and and we've also talked uh, with with you and the team sort of about like what does co-packing mean, like because it is expensive as a lot was talking about to get up and running. And we're going to be talking about a lot of these things on March twenty fourth, an event we are doing together, all about cannabis beverages, and we got. You know, we're going to talk about it from a regulatory framework. We're going to talk about it from a business perspective. We're going to talk about it from a market share sort of consumer insights perspective with our partners at Headset. We're going to talk about the potential future around um, like hospitality and restaurants and bars. And is there a future where you'd be able to get a cannabis beverage at a bar or even better, like at a show? I mean, I'd be, I think it'd be hard pressed to get one at Budweiser stage because it's called Budweiser stage, but you can imagine a scenario where that would happen. And Vlad, I guess let's go back to you because I think sort of thinking about this, like how, what's the best case scenario for like easing some of these things? Like on a regulatory framework, do you think like, and this is sort of bigger than just beverages, but like on the marketing side around cannabis, like what, what's one simple thing that would help this, this sort of vertical in the sector to your mind? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I think uh, we don't really see deregulation on the horizon. Sort of once you let that um, those worms out of the can, you can't really put them back in. So uh, it, it's going to be different, uh, difficult from that perspective. But you know, for those with creative marketing, um, I think that there's an opportunity there to really push this format. Uh, in the appropriate venues, right? Like you can't advertise in areas um, unless they sp uh, specifically prohibit minors. Um, so I, I think that there is um, some possibilities there. However, it, it's just the, the regulatory piece that is holding back the market from potentially what it could be. But uh, through natural evolution and um, more research being done into these types of products, I think that they could really take off. Yeah, I think so too. And, and Matt, one of the things that you were talking about, uh, you didn't say these words, I don't think, but is like the equivalencies, right? So like you can only buy what, like four or five beverages, but you could buy, you know, a ton of concentrates. And, and I, I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to level them all out, but they don't seem to make sense in terms of actual sort of content or potency where I could pick up this which is categorized as a concentrate, which are like 
you know, sublinguals, basically, some lingual strips, breath strips, and there's 100 milligrams in here, but I can only buy four beverages, which is a total of like, you know, at the most like 40 milligrams, like it doesn't, it, it, it's, it's way off. And, and I know that Health Canada is thinking about or looking at um, sort of the Cannabis Act, like, I don't want you to put percentages on it, but like, the things that don't make sense, can we think about them changing at some point, whether it's this year or next year? A hundred percent. I think I think it's going to be as slow as Vlad said. It's going to be a slow trek out of the existing like regulatory framework. Um, Vlad made the point um, that you know once you've sort of undone something, it's hard to, to redo it. The government was clear, you know, since legalization that um, we'd rather take a very restrictive approach to start in general with legalization um, because we can't go backwards. We can only go forwards and sort of loosening restrictions. We're already seeing that in sort of small, but I would say meaningful ways. We've got consultations to uh, pull non-THC products um, out of cannabis, let's use Ontario, out of cannabis stores. So you don't need a cannabis store to sell it. You can go get a CBD beverage in a health food store or a grocery store. That's, that's under consideration. Um, you know, last, last month, late, late in February, um, the Alberta Lottery and Gaming Commission um, is, is looking at maybe on a provincial level, um, I don't have all the details in front of me, but basically leveling the playing field between alcohol and cannabis in terms of certain promotional respects and, and what they can do in the province. Um, and so as those, I think it's gonna be a while till you see like, you know, maybe wholesale changes on packaging. I think it's going to be a long time before we see packaging, a long time if ever, before we see packaging that you might see in California or Nevada or things like that. But we are seeing incremental changes. Um, you know, there's many people in the hospitality industry that want these products um, available to their guests, whether you're a hotel or you're a venue or you're, um, you know, whatever the case might be. So, it's going to take time. Um, it's going to take a while, but I do think that we're already seeing slow, gradual, incremental changes. And you know, if that's the best we can do for now, that's the best we can do for now. Yeah. Uh, just a quick anecdote, and then we'll push people towards the event on March 24th. I was out for a walk in my neighborhood. There's a tiny brewery on the corner, and they have these pallets upon pallets upon pallets of beer, freshly canned. I think chilling outside before they put them in the cooler in their little bottle store. But imagine a cannabis company putting. Be cannabis beverages on the street to chill just there right i was like oh my god if health canada was here and that was cannabis there would be people arrested and the whole industry would be shut down for months i well i think that's the problem you know like you're you're 100 right like it's it's i think a lot of it still on many levels boils down to the stigma and the fact that you know as a society we're only you know, probably most of the people watching this are completely comfortable with cannabis beverages, but as a society, <laughs> most uh, of them are so probably drinking them as we speak. <laughs> hopefully not on a Monday morning, but you know, to each their own, um, you know, but as that sort of picks up and becomes more socially acceptable, the, the rationale to have all of these restrictions starts to loosen. And when our policymakers are also more comfortable, they're members of society too. And we have you know, we have another election perhaps and you've got different people in and now they have different ideas because they've got different backgrounds. Um, you know, as time goes on, I think, I think we're gonna see that change. Um, 
know, I wonder how alcohol was. I'm sure we could read up on this and it, it's on the internet. You know, I wonder what the attitudes were after prohibition ended. Uh, I'm sure they were mixed, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was also, you know, very marginalized and stigmatized for, you know, an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when we're talking about the fact that it's a completely different format, that there's one thing when you're talking about the health concerns of smoking and everything that we know about that. But now you're talking about a completely different product that um, once more research is done, maybe uh, you can see that there really aren't any of those health disadvantages and there's more positives about it. So, um, you know, to regulate every product in the space in the same way from those perspectives is perhaps not the best approach. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about how this might result. Can you imagine if there were uh, cannabis beverages in like the LCBO? So the LCBO can try to claw back the people that are going cannabis shopping at the cannabis store. Like you could imagine all kinds of people being at each other's throats about around policy. And, and uh, that would be interesting conversations to have at some point. And some of them, watch this, may come around on March 24th if people sign up and they can uh, attend with us. Um, Vlad and Matt, thank you. And I wanna direct people to the piece that you guys wrote on our website, Cannabis Beverages, still the next big thing or not so much. That's on businessofcannabis.ca as well. While you're there, businessofcannabis.ca slash events and you could sign up for the event on March 24th. Matt, Vlad, thank you for being here. Thank you, Jay. Thanks so much, Jay. Thank you for joining us on B of C Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Maine.